sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Design and the District at Dinah. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. Tonight's theme, brand development and next-level marketing. My guest is Andrew Angle, principal at Venzo, a Minneapolis-based construction, marketing, and branding company. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, have a lively conversation today. I have a feeling this one is going to be a little uh, more challenging for me than most. I'll take that as a compliment. I think, and it is meant so. Andrew is a man who is uh, who's going to give back as much as he gets. So I wish I'd come up with harder and more uh, cutting questions, but maybe I'll come up with something at some point. On the fly. I like it. Well, what can I say? Uh, our Coctology sitting in the Dan Newker Coctological Chair is once again the absolutely loving and charming Jackie Taylor. Hi, Jackie. Hey, how's it going? Excellent. Thank you for asking. Are you excited about being on the second show? Yeah, I made it to the second show, and <laughs> I had a lot of help today from Andrew. Thank, thank you for that. <laughs> it is true. We have to admit that sometimes, and this is you know, this is inside podcasting here. Sometimes the cocktails don't work out, and it's a good thing we tried this because your original concept was for a Negroni Spagoletto. <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Basically a morning. Negroni without gin, but with, with champagne. Prosecco, yes. Okay. So that we tried, and it was not exactly our cup of tea. So, Andrew, very much like a superhero that he is, sans a cape, jumped in and came up with the suggestion that we do... An old-fashioned. Because you can never go wrong with an old-fashioned. Nope. This is true. Andrew, you're not a Wisconsin guy, are you? Uh, I'm a little disappointed in you. <laughs> if you knew, I was from well, I'm not from Wisconsin, but Wisconsinites make a muddled old fashioned. Oh, you're right. Uh, at least most of the time, I can't uh, speak for all you Wisconsinites out there, but um, yeah. So with the muddled old fashioned, you're going to have cherries and uh, orange muddled at the bottom, but ours are muddleless today. So. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. we're, we're like we're like four minutes in. You've already shamed me. Oh, boy. Well done. Well, I'm glad you were on Drink in the Style. This has been a short episode today. Uh, <laughs> last. All right. So we're doing Andrew's famous Manhattan, which is pretty traditional Manhattan, correct? Old-fashioned, but yes. <laughs> I, you know, it's the strangest damn thing in my mind. I cannot remember old-fashioned no matter what it is. I have a friend who always drinks old-fashions when she goes out to meet, uh, when we go out to have lunch or something. I order her a head, and I, of course, always order her a Manhattan, because old-fashions just don't register for some reason. Mm. Makes no sense whatsoever. But, Jackie, would you please take us away and tell us how you're going to make this particular old-fashioned Manhattan? Yes. So grab your bourbon, pour two shots into your glass. And we didn't want it too sweet today, so we added about a quarter to half a teaspoon of simple syrup, four dashes of bitters. You're going to want to garnish it with an orange peel. But before you pour it into your glass, I should have mentioned first, Andrew's little tip is to grab your orange peel and Rim the glass. Rim the glass? That's what it's called. Rim the glass, the inside. <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, 
It's not me. It's always inappropriate. Okay. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> Anna, you don't want to shake it for some reason. You do not want to shake it. You want to stir it. 60 revolutions. <laughs> Absolutely key. I mean, Jackie is losing it over the, the lemon preparation. Yeah. Stir, stir it in your glass. And then just drink it. <laughs> You know, Newkirk never cracked up. <laughs> I'm not Newkirk. I know. Newkirk also never rimmed a glass. No, he probably <laughs> has, actually. I, he's, he's an interesting fellow. All right. A fabulous preparation. What else? Anything else go into it after our 60 revolutions? Your orange peel. Of course. That you rimmed a glass with? <laughs> <laughs> fabulous. All right. So, um, we have our, our old fashions. They are prepared, and of course, the orange uh, rind is is truly critical. Whether you, you how you use it is completely up to you, but it is an important component within the drink. So you have put together a Manhattan. It is a successful burgundy color. God damn it, Johnson! Can you can you, can you know what you're going to do? Our new bleeping noise is just going to be the word old fashioned. No, it's going to be Manhattan. <laughs> it's going to be Manhattan. It's yeah. weird. I mean, what did the... Fu- uh, no, we aren't going to go into that. Okay. So we've got so we've got our, our old fashions prepared, which is absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. I'm getting a round of silent applause here. I do appreciate it. It's nice when the bar is set so low. <laughs> I can do that. It can only go up from here. Exactly. Oh, really? Is that a challenge? Um <laughs> Oh, Andrew, it's going to be hard. All right, let's give our uh, old fashions a quick sip and see what our thoughts are. Johnson forgot our swallowing music. I know. Little again, another behind the scenes uh, inside baseball thing. We're actually this is our first broadcast week, I think, wherein we are recording drink in the style at the District Dina instead of the studios of AM nine fifty. So we may have a little glitch here or there. We apologize for it. But what I can tell you is it's a damn good old-fashioned. Thank you, Andrew. Well, thanks for helping me. Outstanding. We're going to refresh this once or twice through the uh, show as we prepare for, well, later tonight's bourbon tasting at the District of Dino, which is uh, courtesy of Steve Carlton Investment Brokerage. Um, Okay, so we have our... Totally not random, random question for you today, Andrew. Are you prepared? Hardly. <laughs> Born ready used to be the answer to that all mm. the time. Thank God it's disappeared. Nevertheless, here's your question. Um, all right. As a marketing expert, thinking about all brands, both current and past, everything, the aggregation of consumer marketing, who do you think has been most successful in creating a brand? I think uh, those of you that have been awake for the past 30 or 40 years might agree that it's Apple. Mm, okay. Um, and if you really look at it, uh, Apple's been able to produce probably the world's largest brand tribe. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of folks that are... Uh, Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Apple has created. Yeah, so Apple has, uh, has been able to create um, some very loyal... Um, followers, and so they're the types of folks that, well, they bought the Mac, the MacBook when it first came out, um, then they bought the iPhone, and now they're buying uh, Apple Watches, and so 
And then you have, uh, on the other side of the coin, you have Android, which exists, and you have a very uh, loyal fan base there for those products. And Mm -hmm. the two tribes kind of go against each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think one of the um, greatest examples of of being able to develop a strong brand is um, being able to develop a strong following. So... It is, it is absolutely key. I mean, one could argue, though, that part of the brand attraction of Apple is the fact that once you're in the Apple universe, you have very few options. So, I mean, how does that compare to, say, the greatest brand of the 19th and most of the 20th century, for example, like Coca-Cola? I mean, what is the fundamental difference between Apple branding and Coca-Cola branding? Yeah, so I would say a lot of it is, um, I think, Apple understood the market that it was entering. There, are, there are other computer technology companies, but um, you know, they a lot of them had very generic names. Mm-hmm. They didn't stand out, um, and so Apple's like, "Well, we're going to start a computer company. It's going to be called Apple. It's going to stand out from the competition." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think a lot of that has to do with brand positioning. They're able to analyze the markets that they could enter, and they did so. Um, very effectively. They, they didn't go and play in places where they couldn't compete. And so um, I think that's why a brand like Apple's done such a good job. Fair enough. And it would be hard to argue against it, but I do find it uh, interesting. I mean, the, the game changed so very much by the time Apple came around, but no one can question it. I mean, they are, are they a trillion dollar company? Yep. Okay. Yeah. First trillion dollar company? Yep. Well, yeah, that would have been 2018 or 19 when that was officially awarded, I guess, or recognized or achieved i should say fair enough all right well i'm not going to argue with uh with that particular philosophy because i'd be a damn fool to try to um let's uh let's take another or take a quick break because i need another old-fashioned i've already sucked got it right this time (laughs) you did ladies and gentlemen you are uh, listening to drink in the style brought to you by habitation design and the district at dinah we'll be back in just a moment Luscious lips as red as wine Broke somebody's heart And I'm afraid that it was mine It happened in Monterey Did, it did happen in Monterey In between segments, Andrew and I were just talking about Sinatra Young man who appreciates the quality of the voice Absolutely. Very, very impressed, young man. Very impressed. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, honestly, he's kind of my go-to uh, if, if I've worked a long day and I just want to relax on the ride home or um, or whatnot. It's fun. I do like to sing, too. So that's like kind of my vocal range, too. So a lot of his songs, and I don't claim to be good, but uh, it's fun nonetheless. You know, we, we did have a fellow on the show, uh, Rodolfo, RT, if you recall. I don't know if you were mixing on that, but... He, uh, he is a Spanish singing realtor, also an architect. He laid down a few bars. Andrew, do you want to kick in a, a little bit of my way? I think you should. I'm okay. Thank you, though. No, we can't shame you. We'll, we'll, we'll debut my, my singing some other day. <laughs> I'll pour him another old-fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> Segment four. There it's you gonna go. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, as I said, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew is with Vinzo. Okay, now we'll start foundationally to begin with. Now, Vinzo, V-N-C-O, I want to start very quickly with what is what do you have against fouls? Uh, I think they uh, they take too long to say. 
Okay. Do you know that there are actually a number of languages, ancient languages, that also don't use any kind of vowels? They're literally all sometimes rune-based or cuneiform-style consonants, which is why we have so much confusion in translating a number of these particular languages. I wish I could think of one, but they're out there. I did not know that. And that is not the reason why we don't have vowels in ours, but... um yeah, because we were, when we first started, we were Venzo Group. Um, and so we dropped the group and we wanted something that was a little bit more succinct, um, a little bit more memorable. So we dropped the E within Venzo. Okay. Um, but actually, you might find this interesting. So uh, when we started, we were thinking of different names for the company. And so one of the biggest things you want to do when you name a company is um, come up with something that's unique and different. And so we sat in a room for like five or six hours and. Um, I'm a big car guy, okay. and so Enzo Ferrari is who started ah, started okay. Ferrari, and so that name was just kind of in my in my head at that point in time, and so I blurted out Venzo, and everybody kind of looked at each other with like, "That's cool, that's different." So we did some research, and really, no companies here in the states um, call themselves Venzo, and so except for there's a Venzo bike company, but I think they're European based, okay. and so um, we found out there was another company in Belgium and. Um, they spelled it the same way too. So after two two and a half years of being Venzo Group, we dropped the E and we dropped the group and just became VNZO. So uh, a little bit more ownable, but it's uh, I, I got to say it visually is fabulous. The angles are memorable. It's it's aggressive. It's it's it, it, I guess it's it's actually really nice. Appreciate it. That said, I have to ask you since we're talking about Sinatra, do you know what Frank Sinatra said about Ferraris and Lamborghinis? I don't. He said, a Ferrari is what you buy when you want to be somebody. A Lamborghini is what you buy when you are somebody. Not that I necessarily am a sports car guy, but it's an interesting quote. That is interesting. No, that's that's good. So let's talk then about Venzo. Lay some foundation. Talk about what the organization is. Yes, yeah, so we, uh, we've we done a lot of work in the commercial contracting side um, and also quite a bit in residential. Mm-hmm. And so they're both different. Um, a lot of times on the commercial side, you'll have these different firms competing for business um, through RFPs. And so how do you stand out? Um, how do you become well-known and uh, win more bids, essentially, and build an audience? So there's a lot of branding. There's a lot of strategy that can be done there. Um, also, building brand awareness is a big thing for those firms. Then on the residential side, um, they want they want a lot of leads. There's more like lead gen type of marketing that goes on there, and um, you know I think there's a large opportunity for uh, companies in that space to to branch out and be different as well, and um, to try to scale with uh, proper marketing. So, yeah, commercial and residential um, branding and marketing. Fabulous, fabulous. And now you have. So when you approach, so people may call you and, and they may be interested, again, in lead generation or brand awareness or perhaps identification of who or what they are as an entity, correct? Mm-hmm. So you have a methodology when you apply this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So a lot of times um, we'll have different firms will come to us and say, yeah, we need a new website mm-hmm. or we need more customers. Um, so how can you do that? Well, Yes, you can start off with marketing tactics, so SEO or ranking higher on Google. You can um, run paid advertising. You can do different things, but uh, are you going to stand out? Do you know what platforms your users are on? Um, Do you know what their buying journeys look like? Uh, When you're speaking to them, is your messaging different and or is it resonating with others? So 
um, we go through a process to essentially map that out um, and to make sure the foundations of a brand are intact before um, we go and try to reach new people and um, drive people to their website or um, to to get them in front of the brand. It has to all be in order. So it makes sense what you're saying. Rather than going out and having multiple messages for multiple audiences where you're essentially shotgunning, if you will, your marketing, the first fundamental building block is ensuring that you are consistent in what you are saying and how you're saying it, correct? Mm-hmm, correct. Okay. Well, so so let's imagine you come to a company and that doesn't exist. How do you address it? Yeah, so a lot of times you'll have to ask the basic questions. And one of the basic questions is, why are you in business aside from making money? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have a profound answer and you haven't thought that through, well, then why would anybody want to come work for you? Like, what's, what's your mission? Where mm-hmm. are you taking your company? Why do people want to um, join you? So it's not only just a customer um, or like a lead gen type of thing. It's also how do you attract the right people to your brand from an employment Standpoint, And so if you can map that out correctly, um, that's going to transcend anything and everything afterwards. Because this is a service economy, right. unquestionably. So what we basically have, not to say we don't have products and such, but essentially almost every company that you know, you're going to see around you is made up and its value is comprised by people. And you need to be sure that those people are all on the same page, correct? Exactly. Yep. So a lot, of, And we call that brand DNA. So it's a company's purpose their vision, where they want to be in 10 or 15 years, their mission, so their plan to get there, and then their values. So what's the bedrock of, of your company culture, things of that nature. So you map that out, and uh, that that in and of itself is really effective. That aligns the company. You learn a lot about um, where the company needs to go, who it needs to reach. Um, and then you, you develop their brand tribe, so their employees. Well, what what does your ideal employee look like? Uh, how, how are you attracting those folks? Um, what does your ideal customer look like? Because a lot of times companies, they will just observe who is buying from them, but they're not focusing on who they really want to buy from them. Mm-hmm. So it's a profound difference. So you have to design that as well. Um, and then you can look at different marketing tactics or sometimes you end up rebranding a company because they actually want to go in a different direction and we need to mark this. So, yeah, there are several different ways to uh, to run with it. But I think it's great advice and the type of thing that, was overlooked in a lot of ways with companies as you know as they move through. I mean, we're we're our economy is a legacy economy, resultant from the post-war industrial boom that America held, and a lot of companies basically kind of inherited their identity, and that's perfectly fine. But those that are created, and I mean, you and I have talked in the past about Michael Berger's E-Myth. Uh, 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 books and talking about how people who have expertise as technicians can't necessarily run businesses. And one of the most important aspects of running that business is knowing what the hell it is. Correct? Johnson, are you in favor? I think so, yes. <laughs> well, I don't have a mic, but you can hear me, yes. Oh, that's right. We're going to need to get you a, a mic as well. All right. Well, on that awkwardness, why don't we uh, take one more quick break, and then we're going to come back when we continue talking. About brand development and everything else. Drink in the style, folks. Glad you're here. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. I took Felicia to Las Vegas. Here's my story. She spent the weekend eating chicken cacciatore. 
But when I said I'd like to kiss you, Felicia, no capicia. The way she gambled at the tables wasn't funny. You should have seen the way she found to lose my money. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Drink in the Style, introed by the unbelievably talented Louis Prima. Kind of an interesting guy. Something of a bridge, in my opinion, between crooning and rock and roll. Comes in a little bit before Elvis Presley, a little bit before Bobby Darin, but... uh, uh, incredibly talented transitional singer. This is Drink in the Style. This may be 5 p.m. on Saturday. You may be hearing this at 7 on Sunday. Or, of course, you may be listening to this as a podcast. And if you are, as I've said before, if you haven't given us a five-star rating, you're probably a really bad person. Other than that, I welcome you back. All right. Before we jump into a conversation with uh, with Andrew... I want to do a little plug. Johnson, we're good with a little plug? He gave, us me, the, gave me the thumbs up because he has no microphone. I'm torn on whether I'm happy about that or not. All right. As you may know, I have recently become a member of the Edina Rotary Club. Now, before you jump to conclusions, I want to emphasize that this organization is at its heart a service organization. Our primary objective is to provide value to those who need help both in our community and really around the world. For example, the project that brought me in was the upcoming trip to Guatemala to help provide clean drinking water systems in rural villages and towns. But beyond that, there are a tremendous number of projects that allow those of us who have been fortunate to lend our time and energy and, yes, our money to those in need. So, why am I mentioning this now? Well, I'm proud to say that our district rotary has recently launched, and this is really by pure coincidence, a radio program and podcast called Searching for Service, right here on AM 950. It's also a podcast as well, and I want to encourage you guys to have a quick listen. It airs on uh, Sundays at 3 p.m. until 4, so you get a one-hour break before you tune back in for me. And again, I want, you to encourage, I want to encourage you to, uh, to, to tune in to learn about Rotary. Andrew, are you in? I'm in. What's Rotary? Rotary? <laughs> that is a great question. You know what? It is a great, great question. So Rotary Club is a service organization that was established, I don't know, I'm going to say 75 years ago in Chicago initially. Um, the founder of the club basically wanted to provide, actually it's 100 years ago, um, Uh, bathroom facilities in public locations, and they did not exist at the time. So he got a group of businessmen together, and uh, they pooled their resources, and they did that for the sake of the community. From that, uh, an organization kind of developed, which, you know, allows a good deal of networking, but is vastly more importantly uh, based on doing service. And, And, you know, our dues go to doing service. Uh, The committees are focused on service activities, um, so it's a combination of a businessmen's community, a networking group, but most importantly, a do-gooder organization. Good to know. I thought it was about boats. <laughs> you know, the little pin. I just got my little pin. It's so cool. It's like a little cog or a little like wheel with little cogs on it to symbolize that this is all a machine and we are but a part of it. And, uh, and it, it, it's surprisingly cool. I mean, I admit 
I was disappointed when I found out that I could not wear a fez. But other than that, it's a great, a great, great group of guys and women, all of us. Andrew, you'd make a great member. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll talk about bringing you to one of the lunches at some point. Sounds good. And Jackie, you'll, of course, be roped into one at one point or another, but you're going to check it out. We host them every Wednesday, don't we? Uh, first Wednesday of every week, we first have Wednesday. the Rotary Social Mixer right here in the Governor's Lounge at the District of Dinah. First Wednesday of every week? Every month. <laughs> Well, if you drank as, Andrew, if you drank as much as me, you would understand every week has multiple days. <laughs> you have no idea where it lands. <laughs> Thank you very much, my friend. Sorry. First Wednesday of every month here at the District of Dinah. And it is open to all, by the way. And if you are interested, though, in getting a warm intro to it, feel free to uh, reach out to me directly. And my email, by the way, is greg at habitationdesign.com. Dot com. Once again, that is G-R-E-G at HabitationDesign.com. Not bad, huh? I like it. Excellent. And Johnson, you're doing the production on the uh, podcast, are you not? Yes. Good for you. Good for you. Can no, somebody get him a microphone? we got to have him do a plug here. I know. Seriously. You're, you're going to need a microphone next week. We'll get that covered, right? Yes. All right. He's nodding enthusiastically. All right. You're speaking of podcasts, Andrew, my friend. You have some expertise in this field, do you not? A little bit. Tell me about it. Yeah, so we uh, last year we launched a podcast where I'd have different marketing and branding experts on and um, was able to get some pretty highly regarded people on uh, the show. Um, namely, I had this marketing uh, guru. His name is uh, Chris Doe. He's amassed probably like two or three million subscribers on YouTube at this point. Um, and yeah, he built a uh, an animation and motion agency back out in uh, uh, Monterey, California, um, in the '90s and like early 2000s, and built that. And so, yeah, so we've had a couple of different guests like that, a couple of local guests as well. It's on hiatus right now because we want to um, pivot it a little bit and go to people, kind of like a vlog style, um, mm-hmm. uh, like video podcast type of thing, and just go tell some cool stories. So we're currently rewriting it going through some other things um, with the business right now. And, yeah, we plan to relaunch that here in the next couple months. So, When you were creating it, did you go through your own uh, uh, methodology to help find what you are? Uh, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> nice way to stall and say no. Did you? What is the DNA of this podcast? Yeah, so the DNA really is um, we want to be at the center of, of telling some pretty cool stories within construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going and highlighting different projects, um, going and showing the behind the scenes, because there are so many men and women that are on these sites that do incredible work. And, you know, a lot of times you'll see the front office uh, responding or doing the marketing or being the front of the company, but really the nuts and bolts are the people out doing these these incredible projects. So how do you get the, the focus to be on them and to show people the cool creations that they're creating on a regular basis? And, um, yeah, so we want to just bring attention to that and, go out and meet people and show cool things instead of it um, being a little bit more just front office and whatnot. So, yeah, that's really uh, kind of the, the gist right now, but we're still finalizing details. So so you'll be going theoretically out to construction sites, for example, and, uh, and podcasting in a yellow safety helmet. Yeah, so I think there's definitely going to be still an interview-type element to it, but we want to make it mostly visual. Okay. Um, so a lot of our audience, and we've done the research, they're willing to hop on YouTube or 
um, check us out on social media. They will listen to us just via podcast, but or just audio, I should say. Um, but there are multiple platforms that we can, you know, go and uh, share content with if it's video. So, fair enough. Fair enough. I have a question for you. What's your advice on getting more people, getting a bigger audience for a podcast? I would say do your research. Um, anytime you start a podcast, you should try to learn uh, who who are the players in the space. Is anybody um, currently tackling these subjects? How can you do so in a meaningfully different way? Um, and I'd also say another strategy would be to go and try to get invited to other podcasts as well that are similar to yours but maybe um, not exactly what you do and their audience can then in turn become your audience so if you're able to go and and build out that type of persona um i think that's a a meaningful way to do it um i'd also say having a presence on linkedin um for business professionals posting regularly talking about your insights um and then you can start to be looked at as a thought leader and then people can see those just little bite-sized snippets and they're like oh well, I like what this person has to say, and they have a podcast. Oh, I'm going to go check that out as well. So it's a great way to just try to capture people's attention because it's it's a big commitment for somebody to sit down who doesn't know you and listen to a 30-minute long, 45-minute long, hour-long podcast. That's a huge investment of time. So you better be worth your salt type of thing. And so how do you uh, build value with folks quickly, uh, a social media post on LinkedIn or even Instagram, um, if you're really have a kind of a younger audience, TikTok, um, and build value folks there and then draw, try to drive them to the longer form type of content. So yeah, sorry, my long winded answer there, but a couple <laughs> different great. ideas. <laughs> no, it's a great Good idea. Tips, yeah. And I'm in, fa- I'm in agreement. I mean, uh, you know, we've cross marketed with, uh, the, uh, the absolutely wonderful Bethany Reed Peterson, who has a podcast called arrived and also is herself a podcasting coach. Don't know if you're familiar with her or not. Um, and a few other, you know, cross-promotional, I guess we would have called it back in the day, types of concepts. So much appreciated. And I think it is one of the things that's nice about podcasts from a business perspective is that you do truly get to know who a person is and what a person is about. Because, you know, you can you can put up a screen of bullshit for a bit of time, but if you're sitting here week after week for hours, sooner or later you're going to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And this explains why district business has fallen so very much. Just no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, where, where are you going with that? <laughs> right off a cliff, Andrew. I'm going right off a cliff. No, it is uh, it is nice, and uh, and there's a lot of information that can be gathered. Do you ever listen to podcasts on speed, like one and a half or two times speed? I don't. I've got a friend, uh, a friend of the show, artist Drew Beeson, who listens to them like that all the time, and I did for a little while, and. I stopped for no reason other than when you go back to regular speed, everyone sounds like they had a stroke. It's so incredibly slow. I can say that. I had a minor stroke not too long ago. I know, I know, it's true. So, ha, I can throw that down. What did, What would you say, though, overall in terms of marketing channels within the podcast? I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, you know, Instagram and so on. You mentioned LinkedIn, which is something we do a lot with, correct, Jackie? Yeah. We just started our Instagram accounts. Mm-hmm. We're creating content for it as and we on, speak. And on LinkedIn on Fridays, we we do our cocktail uh, 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 recipe, correct? Yep, and it's posted on our website mm-hmm. every Friday. What about all right? How do you persuade people to give you reviews? That's a big question. Yeah, I think 
honestly, if you do a good job, people will naturally want to give you reviews, which I think is kind of a, uh, a tough answer or kind of an obvious one, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, we've we've had different incentives um, where, hey, if you give us a, a review, you know, you don't want to bias them and say, give us a five-star review. Obviously, that's what you want. But um, yeah, if you're willing to give us a review, we'll donate $50 or $100 to a charity of your choice. And so, you know, and the thing is, especially in in this space, um, well, I shouldn't say in this space, for commercial contractors, and I can speak on that topic quite um, quite well, they don't have a lot of Google reviews. They're not big on reviews. So getting a handful of good reviews can, can go a long ways. Um, and so <laughs> you are like I like terror. it. Keep, is, keep is, me on my toes today. Yeah, is that noise actually, is that going to be on the radio? Oh, okay. You okay. missed it. We keep having alarms going off as, as Johnson is working on all this stuff. And he's he's selecting all the alarms I've used to wake myself up in the morning. <laughs> so you're really ruining the vibe, Johnson. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. No, you're t- totally fine. Um, yeah, so I would say, uh, you know, um, a charity, donating to a charity would be a good way to do that. Um, so, yeah. Buying, yeah, Fair enough. All right. Let's take one last break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about marketing, branding, channels, and a couple other surprises that uh, I might throw at Andrew. So, folks, thanks for listening and stick around. Back in a moment. Dance with me. Make me sway like a lazy. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on... Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Drink in the Style. We are speaking with, well, one of the few men, I would say, that is a better dresser than I am in the Minneapolis Twin Cities area, Mr. Andrew Engel from Vinzo. How do you finish Vinzo? You took away group, so it's just Vinzo. It's just like Facebook. It's not the Facebook. It's just Facebook. I do like the Facebook and the TikToks, uh, by the way. But uh, nevertheless, I kind of like the Venzo. All right. The Venzo. The Venzo. I like it. All right. Andrew, I plugged Rotary uh, uh, in a previous segment. I think you should do a little plug for your organization. Where do people learn about you? And what would you like to say directly? Yeah, I would say uh, you can find out more about us at vnzo.co. Um, yes, we specialize in construction, marketing, and branding. And obviously, there are other markets that can uh, benefit from that, You know, whether they're subcontractors or architects or things of that nature. We have a good amount of experience in all those areas. So um, yeah, if you're looking to take things to the next level and, um, and whatnot, I think it's worth conversation. I would agree completely. Uh, full disclosure, we are talking to Andrew about uh, about working directly with Habitation. Um, and then, you know, what did you say? We get like a $1,200 credit for having you on the show? Basically. Uh, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. No, it is. A, I mean, I, I do have to say, it. it you have an exceptional uh, uh, value offering, uh, and it's it's very impressive. But that leads me to another question, which is, is this. Let's talk about your organization specifically. In order to do the types of things that you're doing, what tools do you have? And when I say tools, no offense, I'm talking about resources, people, as well as technology. Yeah, so um, the way we break it up is we have two primary teams at Venza. We have a creative team, 
which are made up of designers, strategists. I'm really kind of the lead strategist, so to speak, um, web developers. And then on the marketing side, we have uh, different SEO specialists, copywriters, um, and then also paid advertising specialists. So did I ever say that? No. Paid ads, SEO, yeah. Lots of specialists, Mm -hmm. right? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, two basic teams. And, yeah, I mean, we use a bunch of different tools to do that. so yeah, there's there's just so much there. You know, you have different web development tools and different market research tools that you can look into the back end of websites. You can look at um, what competitors are doing from social media mm-hmm. perspective. There's a whole slew of different things. So makes sense. And yeah. you need people who have expertise in those particular areas. Absolutely. Do you think, from like a social media perspective, is can do you? If you develop expertise, are you an expert potentially in all different types of social media ranging from the TikToks to the LinkedIn's or do you need specialists in each space? Yeah. So you generally want to have a specialist um, in each space. Um, So I would say more so if we look at, you know, commercial construction, which seems to be our bailiwick, um, really uh, LinkedIn is going to be the primary uh, social media platform there. And you might have Instagram as kind of an ancillary option as well, and also Facebook. So somebody who has experience mostly in LinkedIn but can can do some damage in some of the other areas um, I think is beneficial. So you want to look at it more from like a, a type of business expertise as opposed to an individual channel. Okay. Um, it also depends on the business's goals. Like some want to monetize their content, so YouTube would be a great great platform for that others they just want to inform people of updates so Mm -hmm. and their friends and family that might be more of a facebook opportunity as opposed to youtube so Mm -hmm. yeah there's a whole slew of different um avenues for that if that makes sense and within the social media ecosystem if you will in your opinion do different social medias uh, platforms appeal to different demographic groups and, and how does that break down? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, um, <laughs> thank you. You know, it's surprising how rarely anyone says that. To me. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. That's a good question. Thank yeah. You. So I I guess it really depends on um, on the business and who their customers are. Mm-hmm. And so you know, at least with our process, we'll go and we'll speak to your customers. How did you find so and so? Okay. Well, we found you through Google. Okay. Jotting this down. That might be a good avenue for marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, or we heard about them on LinkedIn. You know, we mm-hmm. saw some posts from a principal. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that might be a worthwhile avenue to go mm-hmm. and uh, pursue. So it really just depends on um, who your target audience is and um, what platforms they're active on. And we do that by actually going and speaking to the people that are buying from you. So we know for sure that, hey, this is um, going to be a worthwhile pursuit. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. We were talking also between segments a little bit about LinkedIn specifically. Um, and you had some great observations, things that I didn't know about LinkedIn associated with posting as a company versus uh, an individual. Expand on that a little bit. Yeah, so LinkedIn, for whatever reason, they don't show company posts in the feed. So if you're just scrolling through LinkedIn, you're going through your news feed, you will not see organic company posts. And what I mean when I say that is you won't see a post that isn't sponsored mm-hmm. or an ad from a company. They're, they're mostly going to show you personal posts. So I see this a lot, especially with commercial contractors. They'll spend all this time and money developing this content on their company strategy but their market sector leaders aren't posting anything. Their principals aren't posting anything. They might engage a little bit, but um, there's really no strategy there. And I think that's a, a big thing that we need to, to change. I think it's the principles of firms. I think it's 
um, the market sector leaders for some of the bigger firms going out and talking about individual experience and expertise and building value with their network mm-hmm. on a personal level. Because mm-hmm. not many people are just going to follow a company page and then choose to buy from you. But you can cement your expertise if you're talking from um, your own personal account. So. So when you post as a business, you're basically screaming into the void. Basically. That is amazing. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if you, um, if you post as a company and a bunch of your staff goes and comments on it and engages with it, hmm. then in the feed you'll see, oh, so-and-so went and commented on this post. And if it's a company post, you may see it. Okay. Um, but then you have to have a really good culture that's LinkedIn forward mm-hmm. and goes and comments on the one company post per day or the one a couple of company posts per week. But otherwise, yeah, no, it's not really a worthwhile strategy. Um, mm-hmm. And if you look at the buy, buying journey, if you're a, a general contractor and um, you know you get referred to, and people aren't going to go to your LinkedIn, your company LinkedIn page and see, mm-hmm. oh, this is what these folks are, are up to. They're going to go to your website. Mm-hmm. They're going to call somebody that they already know and have a conversation or want to sit down or invite you to an interview and or, or to an RFP. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go to your company LinkedIn page to check that off. Yeah, fair point. So, yeah. fair point. What about let's let's talk about the the specifics though of each of the the platforms. If you were to, all right, we're going to do rapid fire. Are you ready? Okay, this is a Rorschach test of social media audio. You got, a, you got a Rorschach painting right here. So I do, I do. One of John Gerber's Asian inspired uh, abstracts in monochrome. Cool piece, isn't it? Very cool piece. Yeah. At some point, when Johnson actually brings in the cameras, you guys will see my office and. It's actually quite nice, and I can I can be proud of it because uh, Carl Peltier did it, not me. So I can be prideful of someone else's work. Can I not? Absolutely. Great. All right, you ready? Rapid your fire. Team. That's a- I want to. T- I'm going I'm to throw out the platform, and you're going to tell me who the the typical person watching this is, just as far as you would think. Ready? See, I warned you. All right, you ready? Here we go. The TikToks say somebody who's a bit younger and uh, follows trends. Okay. Facebook. Your friends and family. Mm, of, of a certain vintage, as we should say, or are younger people still using Facebook? I would say parents and grandparents. Okay. Right. Uh, LinkedIn. Business professionals. Goes without saying, I suppose. What am I forgetting, John? Instagram. Instagram. Millennials. Yeah, honestly, I think Instagram, there are lots of, it's probably one of the most diverse platforms because you have, um, you can have written content in the form of carousel posts. Mm -hmm. You can post reels, which are similar to TikTok. You can post high quality photography. I think it's a, it's a winning solution for just about every business. So Instagram, in your opinion, is like, if you were to pick only one avenue to speak to your clients, would it be Instagram? Not for my business, no. Because I mean, we're, we're solely B2B. Okay. And so LinkedIn is really where we want to play ball. Um, but I still think that Instagram is, is worthwhile. Um, I don't think our customers come from there. But, mm. yeah, especially if you're in the design space, um, design build, Instagram is a great way to uh, to show people the type of work you do. It's very visual. Um, As opposed to Pinterest or even Howes, for example. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, both worthwhile. I think Pinterest, you're looking for inspiration. So if you look at that buying process or if you look at the buyer's journey, um, they may be on Pinterest to try to get ideas as to what their ideal house or room could look like. Mm -hmm. So if you're posting content of work you've done, um, 
and it's and they happen to be local, they might find you and see, hey, well, habitation helped us with this or helped this client with this, and it turned out this way. They might be worth reaching out to. So yeah, I think Pinterest is worthwhile. House as well. Um, it's space. It's similar to like Angie's, mm-hmm. or Angie now. They mm-hmm. rebranded, by the way. Yes. It used to be Angie's List, but um, yeah, I think that's a great way to showcase um, different. Um, projects and whatnot. It's very specific to your space. Um, and so. that seems to be the takeaway. Yep. Know where your clientele is yep. so that you know where to speak to them. Right. And make sure when you are speaking to them, you're in a unified, consistent voice. Is mm-hmm. that the key takeaway of, of what we've been talking about today? Yeah, I would say it's it's know where your users are and um, try to build value with them mm-hmm. on the front end. And um, yeah, make sure it's cohesive. So fabulous there are so many things we can talk about so you're going to be back on the show uh, either as a guest or at the very least sitting in the coctological i'm getting chair. kicked out you're not getting kicked out you'll be the guest you haven't been a guest yet <gasps> oh that's gonna be a lot about? of fun all right there it is my friends we have drunk our way through another episode on behalf of habitation design and the district and on behalf of andrew angle from venzo i'd like to wish everybody good luck this coming week and i'll finish with a quote from Niccolo Machiavelli. The first method for estimating the intelligence of a ruler is to look at the men he has around him. Good night, everybody.